0: So about three months from now, there's going to be something that's going to happen that's going to captivate mo- a, lot, a lot of our country. Everyone's going to be focused on it. People are going to build their whole day around it. It's going to just capture, it's going to be on lots of people's attention. And that event that I'm thinking about three months from now is, of course, the Super Bowl. Super Bowl is going to happen. People are going to build their entire day around it. Sunday evening is, 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 is reserved for just for that game whether you are actually invested in football, whether you are in it for the commercials, whether you are in it just because people are gathering and I like to be with people for fun things and there's food involved and where there's food, people are gonna come, that's what I'm there for usually. Um, So that's gonna happen And, and in a way unlike anything else, it grips people's attention. And when you come to those kinds of things, you got really two kinds of people who are involved in that. you got, number one, your people. We've been following our team, whether it's the Saints or somebody else. You're following your team. You're watching them. You've been, you're invested. You've watched every game, every week. You know the stats. You know the news. And you're, you're, you're banking on something happening. And what, what, whoever wins or loses is going to impact you. you got those kind of people or you got the people who are really more interested in the food and the commercials than anything else, and they couldn't care less what happens. They might watch five minutes of the game, but they're, they're, their life is not going to be swayed either way. They're not going to go home distraught if somebody wins or loses. And you can see, one of those people is way more invested by what's happening than the other. Right? You can, there's, there's two different perspectives going on. And as I was hearing the gospel today, that's the image that came to mind. People who are invested and willing to work and to sacrifice and to give, and those who are less invested, right? Jesus is is observing two different kinds of people who are giving their sacrificial offerings in the temple, right? You have those who are wealthy, who are giving these big, large amounts, but it's almost, it's, it's all Jesus says, it's all from their surplus wealth. They're given what's left over. And then you have this woman, this widow, who comes and gives a very small amount, but that's all she had. She gives from her necessity, from her poverty, Jesus says. A very small amount. And he highlights, he says, this woman has given more than anybody else. Jesus lifting up the perspective with which we come to the Lord. Which, with, with which we come to God, with which we give him our hearts as we come to worship. Because looking from the perspective of, these, of the wealthy people, who had given not from their, from their need, but had given just from their surplus, it's like they're offering the leftovers. We, had, we, got, we got all that we needed to do. We have all the things that I needed or wanted to do. And then, once all those things are settled, then I'm going to offer to God what's left over, right? I heard someone get, use the image to put it concretely. It's like you're going on a date with somebody, and order one entree, and then the guy says, okay, I'm going to eat first, and then you can have whatever I don't eat. You can have what's left over, right? You'd be hard-pressed to, I hope, don't ever take a second date with that, if that ever happens to you, right? Be hard-pressed to imagine if a second date's going to happen in that situation. But that's essentially what these Pharisees and these, and these, these, these scribes are doing. They're, give, they're taking all the, what they need. I'm going to take what I want first, then that's mine, and then what's left over... The Lord can have that. He can have the extra time, the extra, the extra parts of my heart that once I've got all my things taken care of. They don't offer to God what, what Jesus calls the first fruits. They don't give God the first place. They get, he gets the leftovers. Meanwhile, this woman, even though she only gave what's equivalent of a couple pennies, you could say that she gave the Lord her first fruits. And even imagining, like, as all these people are coming to give these huge amounts, imagine the embarrassment of walking up and just putting in my two pennies, right? The embarrassment, the ridicule maybe she faced. She's willing because God had the primary place in her heart. She's willing to undergo whatever ridicule, persecution, embarrassment happens because she knew in the depths of her heart she was giving God all that she had, she was making the sacrifice to give God the very first place in her life. Even though, on a human level, it looks like nothing, it seems not good enough. It seems insufficient. It seems like I should be able to do more than that. Maybe even God expects more than that. But Jesus says, and as as He praises this woman, He shows us that it's not a human level of of, of evaluation. That, that is used in, in that God judges us by. He doesn't judge us by that human level of evaluation. God is concerned with a, with a much deeper level. God wants our hearts, the first place in our hearts <clears throat> and the entirety of our hearts. He's not concerned with what it looks like. He's concerned with, with having the first place in my heart and in my life. Because when, when I place God in that first place, My heart is open to receive the generous and abundant gifts that he desires to give to me. And in our life, it's very easy to operate less like the woman and more like the the, the wealthy people. It's very easy to give God the leftovers. We have so many things competing for our time, competing for our attention, competing for our places in our minds and in our hearts. It's way easier to say, I don't have time for that, right? Or because we know, like, God's going to still love me, right? Or he understands how busy I am. He understands this is all I can give him, right? It's very easy to operate of the mentality where I'm giving God my leftovers, so to speak. But when I give God the first place, last week Jesus said, love God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind. When I give God the entirety, that first place in my life, when he is what defines it, as opposed to when he is the thing that gets the leftover time or the leftover space in my heart, when I'm in that kind of a mentality, I approach him in an entirely different way. I come to Mass in an entirely different way. I come to prayer in an entirely different way because I'm invested, like this woman was. When I give God the first place, to use the example of this woman, she probably, that was probably all she had. She did not know what her next meal was going to be. Am I going to have enough money to provide for myself in the next couple of days? She didn't know the answer to those questions. It's a real sacrifice to, to really take a, to give to God the first place in my life because it means I have to trust that he's going to actually provide. This woman has an example that even though on a human level I don't know what's going to happen, I know that if I, if I give my heart to God, he is never going to be outdone in generosity. She trusted that God would provide for her every need in a way perhaps more than she ever could have imagined that she could herself. She placed God first and foremost, giving God her whole heart. God desires to be generous with us more than we could ever hope or imagine. Think if we really believed how much God desired to do in our life and in our hearts. We would be much more willing to give him everything. But it it takes a step of trust and it takes a great vulnerability to actually take that step of faith. To give God the place and the opportunity means I have to clear stuff out and make a very real sacrifice to him. That's what Jesus' invitation to us today is. It's very easy to say, I'll pray like when I have time or if I have nothing better to do, or I'm just too busy to do this or that, I'm too busy to go to Mass, I'll just watch it later online whenever I have a chance. It's way easier to say those things. It's hard to make a sacrifice to say, like, God, no, you are what I'm going to define my day by. You are what's going to define, as much as I can, Like what I, the, the thoughts of my of my heart and of my mind. The things that take priority, God, you are going to define that. That takes a sacrifice because I have to let other things go so that I can hold on to the Lord. Jesus promises us today that when I do that, and as I continue to struggle in that and to grow in that, he will not be outdone in generosity. The invitation today is to renew our commitment to be like that widow. Even though I may not have much, I may not have um, I feel like my gifts aren't good enough. and I'm not, This is not just about finances. This is more so about my heart. Am I giving to God the first place of my heart? Even though I feel like my heart may not be worthy enough. I may not be good enough at keeping myself rooted in God. Even if it feels like I'm just giving God two pennies. Jesus invites us to give God that first place. And as we continue to grow in generosity with him we're better able to receive the great generosity that he wants to have with us. May the Lord give us today the grace to be a little bit more like that widow, making God the first and, and uh, primary thing that, that, um, that, roots, that is rooted in my heart. Amen.